Women, you are the queens of our nation, the mother of our home, the pride of our children, a light always left on. You are refined in your ways, a woman of substance, substantially phased by her everyday conscience. A conscience to live in a way that uplifts not just her home, but the home of her brethren. Styled as a graceful woman on her throne, empowering lives to be filled with pride, hope, love, beauty, nourishment, soul, faith. Bring your ears closer now and your mind will explode and be inspired by the words of Cover Mode. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to Cover Mode. I'm your host, Rashan Isaacs. This weekend, the fashion industry was more active than usual with Fashion Revolution Day on the 24th of April. The Fashion Revolution Day is an international day and an opportunity to celebrate fashion as a positive influence, raise awareness of the fashion industry's most pressing issues, show that change is possible and celebrate those who are on a journey to create a more ethical and sustainable future for fashion. It um, will rally up the high street, the high end, the innovators, the media, the public, the activists, the makers, the wearers. Practically everyone in between. And if you can remember, we had Sumaya Damar of the South African Fashion Council in studio as a representative of Fashion Revolution. And she told us more about the actual day. Leading to the day was a series of international events and initiatives with the aim of highlighting the fashion industry's urgent concerns and engage local communities to demand greater transparency throughout. If any of you are on Instagram or Facebook, any of the social media, you would have seen many designers wearing a label or carrying a poster saying, I made your clothes. Or if you're not a designer or you've seen bloggers or fashionistas wearing or anyone really wearing a sign or poster on your social media saying, who made your clothes? And that was the real, you know, push through um Acknowledging or identifying who actually makes your clothes. Where does it come from? Um, does it come from ethical means as well? But on to what's happening in studio today is as a professional architectural designer, artist and innovator, Acclivity offers interior design makeovers, retail design, furniture rearranging, as well as paintings on commission. With a background in fashion, Aisha has taken part in many fashion shows, including the Dynamic Design for Style series, and has created garments for everyone from the young working woman to the mature and spirited female. And she's sitting right beside me here in studio today. Um, I'd like to welcome Aisha Kamali Ismail to cover mode. Asalaamu Alaikum, Aisha. Wa Alaikum, Salaam, Rishan, and Shukran for having me. It's such an honor. I'm glad to have you here. And I believe you, you, you mentioned you were on radio many many years ago and I'm <laughs> sure it was completely different circumstances now you're here to talk to us about um, acclivity now I know that on your Facebook you literally um, show or demonstrate how mm -hmm. one should say acclivity now I <laughs> practiced it and I'm hoping that it's right I'm, I'm actually really happy that you got it really close to its okay. perfect pronunciation because a lot of people say acclivity oh, okay. uh, and it's actually acclivity acclivity all the, right. the name acclivity. is derived from the word acclivity which is actually spelled A-double-C-L-I-V-I-T-Y and I literally went through the dictionary looking up a word 
to some of my designs, which contained my initials at the time, which was AK. Ah. And I came across Acclivity and I thought, oh, this would actually be cool with the AK. And then we make it a bit edgy at the end and take the Y away, add the I. And Acclivity means the upward slope or the, an upward surge of the mountain. And I'm hoping, inshallah, that Acclivity <gasps> will grow organically from strength to strength. It's such a beautiful meaning. Shikran. It was meant to be yours, right? Alhamdulillah. It was <laughs> so, what did you randomly open up the dictionary? <laughs> I literally went through the dictionary for the whole section of A, which was about oh like God. 10 inches thick alone, and just thought that that resonated with me and my brand the most. And that really, you know, when people look for the name, it's so difficult to find a name that resonates with your brand. And yes. people go through vigorous brand uh, uh, exercises and they research do. and. You yes. found the name that perfectly matched your business. Yes, I did. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Acclivity. I was wondering, <laughs> where in the world did you come up with that, that name? name yes. And I like the fact that it was, um, I could put my initials in there because mm-hmm, my name perfect. is obviously Arabic. Aisha Kamali. And mm-hmm. as well as it having the sort of cosmopolitan feel to it. So uh, for all the brand of things that I do, it doesn't just fit under one scope of design. So Acclivity has many sort of variations and uh, sort of... Uh, stems towards it. Well, that's an interesting start to our conversation today. And before we continue, let's break for ads. The Voice of the Cape. Styled as a graceful woman on her throne, empowering lives to be filled with pride, hope, love, beauty, nourishment, soul, and faith. This is Cover Mode. We're speaking to Aisha Kamali Ismail of Acclivity, spelt A. No, Acclivity. Acclivity. It's like, uh, just uh, Acclivity. Acclivity. Yes. We'll <laughs> be saying it so it. many times <laughs> that people will, will know it very well. Acclivity. And it's spelled A K L I V I T I, which he literally randomly found in the dictionary. There we go. <laughs> now, Aisha. There's no way I can I can tell our listeners about what your brand is and how much your brand offers, um, because Acclivity really offers so much. Where did it all start, and what is the offering? I must admit that Acclivity actually began in, in my foray into the creative arts field um, began before my birth, <laughs> um, leading to from my parents and my grandparents. They were all actively skilled with their hands and they were tremendously talented people. Um, my mother's parents, for example, my grandfather, the late Haji Adam Dolly, was a tailor and he used to sew uh, for the Cape Malay Choir amongst many other projects. My granny, his wife, um, the late Haji Noi Dolly, was a seamstress and she worked in a factory as well. So she made my mom's clothes and my uncle's clothes as well. And then on my father's side again, um, his father was a master craftsman in carpentry and my dad actually learned the trade from him and then he went into uh, carpentry and joinery and shop fitting himself. His mother um, also uh, sewed for them and that's how they learned to be resourceful growing up and those are the kinds of skills that they pass on to my brother, sister and I. And so we were constantly surrounded by creativity growing up and encouraged to be passionate and find out what it is that we wanted to do. I mean, the house was crazy. Mm -hmm. Grass used to be green and blue with paint. And I just, 
explore to the max. My sister drew on walls and books, and my brother <laughs> used to. And that was all encouraged. All encouraged, yes. And they, my, my daddy especially said, uh, you can become anything that you want to be in life as long as you remember you are Muslim first and you do things within the frame of Islam. Mashallah. And then what do you offer? What is, what is a clivity offer? Because you really combine all of what your family's uh, uh, brought in terms of creative, um, in the creative space. Yes. Um, when I was growing up, I used to, I was kind of the enterprising type. Now that I look at it in hindsight, <laughs> I would go with my uncle to a trip to the beach and pick up stones, paint them, and then go and sell them to the neighbors at the age of five. Oh, right. That's one of my <laughs> earliest remembers of ever like selling and uh, doing arts and crafts uh, to profit from it in a way. I mean, that's I would use this pocket money to go buy something at the tuck shop. And then over the years, those stones and wooden pieces slowly evolved into artworks at high school. Um, from a young age, my, uh, actually in grade one, my uh, grade one, sub A, we called it at the time, teacher, Mrs. Hartley, uh, noticed that I had this inclination towards drawing and arts and being very creative. And she informed my mother, who then listened to her and enrolled me in Frank Jubilee Arts Center. And I used to attend every week after school. Eventually, when I got to high school, I took it on as an extra subject because I, I really enjoyed it. And I thought, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life because it's mm-hmm. in my blood. I, I can't so from see, that age, I, which, which um, mm-hmm. grade was that? What, that was Mrs. in Hartley, sub-A grade one. Who was that? Muhammadiyah? Muhammadiyah, yes. Oh, my gosh, because Mrs. Hartley was my sub-A teacher too. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> what a coincidence. Oh, she was, she's such a wonderful woman. I still see her from oh time gosh, to time. Oh, gosh, yes, me too, you oh. know. And she remembers all of her students. And she if does. I recall, she was that kind of person who encouraged you. Yes, she was. She was like the mother figure that was at school and always around us. And Our technician is saying, and I'm going to bring him into this conversation. Our technician is saying she only remembers the naughty one. But we were far <laughs> from naughty, right? We were I far like from naughty. I like to think that we were model students. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, so, um, and then Frank B, I did uh, general design as an extra subject from uh, grade 10 till matric. And in my final year, uh, we did a project, uh, well, general design in a nutshell was a combination of architecture, interiors and fashion and textile design. And this was just the perfect outlet for me where my art teacher then encouraged me to to go into architecture because she felt that would sort of hone in on my skills because I was so torn between doing art full-time or just architecture full-time and I chose architecture because my head was very much in the clouds and I felt <laughs> that some structure was needed and maybe it would help me focus more in life because I'm such a dreamer I'm always working <laughs> on the next thing they call those people you know? inventors because <laughs> we, we always have our head in the clouds I, yes. I know I'm there too <laughs> definitely and and um, if it uh, if it weren't for alhamdulillah the scholarship that, that I received because I, I applied to all tertiary institutions left right and center what made my um, decision final in the end was the scholarship that I got from UCT's architectural school uh, because I was afraid that my parents wouldn't be able to afford us going to Tajik, mm-hmm. you know, looking after all of oh, us. Back and, in the day, yes. Know, <laughs> it was very difficult, yes. And alhamdulillah through that and um, also from doing side jobs uh, such as logo designing and hosting my first little exhibition in my final year, I helped to pay for the materials, which was also crazily expensive um, so you really assisted in paving that way and um creating the making the process happen by being actively involved with the process yes i because i think um 
a lot of the time it's difficult if you come from sort of like a previously disadvantaged mm-hmm. um, community, uh, going out there and making it on your own, being encouraged to stay in varsity because it's easy to start, but to pull through is very difficult. Mm-hmm. However, when I was in first year, we were these bright-eyed first-year <laughs> students and we were encouraged uh-huh. to do it. And they were, we were told, you know, you guys are studying architecture at the right time. When you graduate one day, inshallah, you're going to have jobs falling out over for you. And um, what happened was the recession hit big time oh, in 2008. No, one can never tell what's yes, going to happen. exactly. And the construction industry was one of the worst hits um, fields in the world, um, not just globally, but like in South Africa as well. And a lot of us struggle to mm-hmm. find work upon graduating. Luckily enough, um, the dean liked one of my proposals and he employed me at his firm outside of varsity. And through, mm-hmm. after fulfilling my internship, I thought because everybody's going on short time now, you know, work is becoming more scarce, I need to try and do something to bring in an income, a sustainable income. And slowly the sort of um, the plan fell into place for Clivity to be born. Wow, that is a beautiful story. And it just shows if something is meant for you, you, you it literally, you know, you're drawn towards going towards a certain field or, or whether it's your life, whether it's your career, it's something you're naturally drawn towards. Yes. And um, the fact that you push through and in order to get there, you needed to have that passion and you gained the skills along the way and you still have that passion. I can see the light in your eyes. Yes. <laughs> I get so excited when I talk about my work, but I'm so shy to speak about it to the public in general. And I'm so glad that now yes. we have that opportunity to hear more about Acclivity. And just on, you mentioned logo design. Is that something you learned or just something you also just took on? That's something that was, I suppose, that was sort of installed in us um, during my years at Thank You Be because we were taught about color, about space, about line, um, what effect uh, a word or font or would have on you from a distance, from close up, uh, different sorts of publishing. I wasn't too skilled in graphic design, but I had a really good eye for color and for making sure that you were able to view something from a distance depending on whether you were going to design a garment or a stage design for theater or if it was going to be up close, like, for example, in an exhibition. So depth and space and perception was something that was always... And you designed your logo as well? I did, yes. Uh, It's just been sort of reinvented last year. Um, because what I went for was sort of very edgy in the beginning and uh, with the organic uh, sort of unveiling and unfolding of acclivity, it's become changed. So it's not just something that's always trendy and on point, but something that's more timeless and classic. Okay, so we've spoken about the name acclivity, how you came about it, what led you to creating acclivity. How about what is acclivity? What are you offering? What is the actual business? Okay, so Acclivity is now a design consultancy at best, if I could just wrap it up and sum it under that umbrella. But what we offer uh, under the design umbrella is uh, interior design, and that includes your interior makeovers, interior styling, um, 
Weekend makeovers is something that I offer as well. Weekend, what weekend is, makeovers? What is that? It's very exciting. It's a consultation with a client that I do before the time, have a quick run through of what the place looks like, see what they need to inject some new life and color into the place. I'm very big on color and the effect that it has Me on too. the environment and on one's. We've got like outlook. a blue room, a That's purple brilliant. room. And oh, I love it. At a house I lived in before, I made the 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 living room yellow. Oh, stunning! Not my to my color. husband's liking at first, until he saw it come alive oh, uh, against those those porcelain orange sort of tiles. Oh, you know I that love that it. shine. It's so and exactly, yellow. but the warmth that that creates, without yes. knowing what yes. color represents or does to a mm-hmm. room, mm-hmm. it. It kind of just felt right yes. there. Yes, and it just lifts you. So yes. every time you enter it, you just feel different and, and invigorated. So that's what I do with the interior oh, makeup. And the weekend, the weekend makeup was very special because a lot of people don't have time to go through this. They think that a design consultation is going to cost them an arm and a leg <laughs> before they even get started on the actual renovation. So what I do with that is I would go in and say, oh, you know, you, all you need here maybe is like a throw or pop of color here and maybe a nice mural there, painting over here. And it will it will literally transform how you view your home. You'll be so inspired you want to do the whole house, oh. which, is, <laughs> which is what I've experienced with my clients. And I guess we, we don't, um, you know, we're too scared to enter that space yes. because we either keep things really simple mm-hmm. and yet even in simplicity a touch of color or the right color and it doesn't have to be bright or anything like that yes but just you know contrasting or complementing yes. colors yes. and and that's what i do at the consultation that leads up to uh say for example the makeover um, I discuss what the client's loves are all about. So you bring out your favorite items of clothing, things that are dear to you. You explain to me what it is that you hope to achieve in this room, how you wish to feel. For example, some people want to feel energized when they mm-hmm. come home. They just want to be when to go 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 they don't want to stop <laughs> and then you know they get the others who maybe want to just calm down and they want their home to be a sanctuary spa like mm-hmm. very calm ah. and serene so we'll introduce neutral colors into that and um i always take into consideration what the client's preferences are and then we explode that mm-hmm. so we take it to another level and in that way they really are a heightened sense of themselves and they become amazingly they'll always email me back and say Asha you know shukran so much I feel it's not even just like the, the design itself it's just the way the place makes me mm-hmm. feel and, and I want people to feel happy in their places because when we happy people we want happiness yes, you want, you know, and it's not just, a house it, it's a home exactly it shouldn't be your palace too that's mm, something that mm. my mother taught me um because we always have people over yes and when it's a palace yes. no 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 you can't, you can't touch there that. you can't, you can't touch that don't let the child do yes, that don't let them yes. jump on this <laughs> no it's not because i mean we had craft glasses in the lounge room this my, i think now of all the things i put my parents through before i was married and even now <laughs> post marriage but, but what is my, yes. my kids have a space in the house where uh-huh. they can do whatever they want okay they, they can mess in there we really don't care what they yes. do in there yes but they never really want to be there <laughs> Maybe they just love having people around. They feel that if they're in this confined space, where's mommy, where's daddy, come join the party. But with my uh, with my parents' lounge, it's it's been so many different uh, functions over the past few years. It's been a fashion show, uh, ramp 
catwalk space. It's been an exhibition space. So it literally it's ignited the, the creative, you know, it did. ideas. It did. And, and all. it did. And it took my father, if I think of it now, he worked so hard. It took him a number of years to add this extension onto the house because we live in a heritage house. And with architecture comes all these stickers <laughs> that you have to follow red tape and whatnot. And uh, eventually he got the building up, alhamdulillah, and the space was just so functional and so versatile that uh, my mom started uh, for catering from there. And um, we also hosted craft classes. And the wonderful thing is we, we hosted craft classes when I was still studying. And those kids who were that time, nine, eight years old, I matric this year. And I've been making the matric pool dresses oh, and the graduation that. dresses. And so it's okay, so, so we've moved from see. interior design yes. into the fashion side. So that is something Almost that... Organic, yes, exactly. it's wonderful. Acclivity <laughs> so, also does designing, custom yes. as well. Yes, I do fashion design. Uh, well, upon completing my architectural degree, I still felt like I needed to get my other sort of expression out there, which was my love of fashion. And I was especially drawn to modest wear. I always used to layer my clothing because I could never find things that, that suited me, but I, that covered the parts or, that needed to uh, be covered. Like a lot of young people will say, you know, there's yes. lots of, they want to dress modestly, but they want to look their age. Of course. And a lot of the times of the designers that we're familiar with, it usually catered for the older generation. Yes, definitely. And and not just that, there's some, sometimes you just found these abayas which had like an enormous amount of blend and you just wanted something simple and mm-hmm. stylish that you could dress up and down according to the occasion that you were right. um, wearing it for. And so I started. I just started making longer length t-shirts on the side and my friends started buying from me and ordering from me and uh, eventually a friend mentioned, why don't you have a little fashion show in your, in your year of studies? And I thought, oh my gosh, my parents will never go for that. <laughs> How am I going to convince them I'm studying architecture but I'm just going to and put my foot in fashion and then just step out again and finish this degree. Luckily, I managed to twist their arms <laughs> and we had a fashion show in the lounge complete with lights and ramp and everything. And um, I'm so grateful to those friends who helped me out with that uh, fashion show that I just groped in everybody who studied with me. Yeah, that, that's and what friends do, hey? yes, when they and, all come together. And and then my mom said, you know what, you're going to finish your degree now. So please don't get too swayed from that. <laughs> and then once you're done, you can go and do a fashion uh, certificate or something along those lines if, you, if that is what you want to pursue. And I thought about it and I had learned some skills from my grandfather who was a tailor, but I needed to have that common construction background mm-hmm. so that I could back it up and be able to cut my own patterns and so yes. on. And then I completed a part-time course at Remo Fashion Academy with Auntie Amina Umar. And that's where I learned to construct my own patterns for the fit, cut, make, and trim sure. all my clothes. So that is what I do at the moment as well. I love that. You know, I want to do this, but I want to know how from scratch. Because it's so easy just to draw something and give it to somebody else to do. But the yes. fact that you wanted to, you know, own it yes. in its entirety. <laughs> love that. <laughs> Shukran. It's, it's, I think it's important because when someone walks into my studio and I can just look at them and I can really picture them in this flamboyant an orange dress or a maybe conservative black number just because of the way they walk and how we've been taught mm-hmm. to construct patterns and shapes and so on over the years. And, and, and fashion is really a personal thing. It's, you know, the way you style and, and I guess that's what you mean as well when you see uh, a possible customer come in, you already know from their behavior or the way they walk or what they even think about. And sometimes people look at garments and think, oh, that's never going to suit me yes. until they actually put it on. That is 
almost without a doubt the case when it comes to my garments because it's so different and uh, yet timeless at the same time. What I do is I, I love to keep up with um, what's happening in the world of fashion and design around the world. It was um, Milan, fashion, uh, Milan Design Week a few weeks ago. And okay, was, so before you, yes. you get to Milan Design okay. Week, we'll take a short break. Is it short? <laughs> Styled as a graceful woman on her throne, empowering lives to be filled with pride, hope, love, beauty, nourishment, soul, and faith. This is Cover Mode. Welcome to Cover Mode with uh, me, Rashan Isaacs. I'm your host, and my guest today is Aisha Kamali Ismail of Acclivity, and uh, she's an architectural and fashion architectural and fashion design. And we've just covered her what she offers in terms of interior design, fashion, and picking up from where we left off. You mentioned the Milan Fashion Design Week. Oh yes, the Milan Saloni. It's the design week that happens annually in Milan, and I was fortunate to attend with my sister two years ago, which was really exciting. We got to meet so many designers and catch up on the latest trends. What I like about um, fairs of that nature and um, also the design in Daba here locally is that it becomes a real hub for designers to meet, to collaborate, uh, to support one another. And collaboration is so important, right? I yes. mean, I've, I know so many designers who, who through collaboration really grew their brand and also allowed them to, to become a little bit more no, think out of the box. Yes. Um, because sometimes we're so set in this is who I am, this is my signature. But also, how do I add my signature to this kind of, you know, look or feel yes. or whatever the it's case It's true be. because sometimes you, a designer is so in her own head that when she starts to explain and uh, put those ideas across on paper, getting another person's feedback is so vital and it just sort of makes the design flow better and more efficiently. And over the number of years, I've been lucky to have collaborated with many wonderful designers, uh, event organizers and uh, stylists. Uh, something that stands out for me was the Design for Style uh, Showcase, which yes. Uh, mm -hmm. that, yes, that took place, um, thought it was a uh, sort of established a few years ago and it was a group of UCT students as well and what they were looking to do was provide a platform for young designers who were emerging, were unheard of and uh, needed a space to show their work to the public and to bloggers in general. And I also did uh, the design in Dava, which was really nice. That was quite special. We had to submit applications. It was a national competition, a call for portfolios of work and uh, I got chosen as one of the finalists and I got to exhibit my products and my fashion there as well. So tell us more about that. What what did you design? I designed what I explained now. So what oh, I did the whole, was, yeah, okay. that was sort of like the coming out of acclivity mm -hmm. with the whole design umbrella featuring furniture, handmade by myself, uh, artworks, Brilliant. lamps, and oh. a fashion garment that I was working on at the time because I was still busy studying and um, finishing my fashion certificate that year. And um, from that, I made so many wonderful contacts. Um, I've been doing uh, retail, but I've since pulled and just decided to sell from home because a lot of the time uh, towards 
the middle of an agreement, the, the fashion clothes that I exhibited weren't always in line with what the retailers were selling and my clothes were becoming more modest over the years and I wanted to showcase that modesty can be fashionable and classic as well and you don't have to have all your skin on show just to be young and trendy and with it. Well, retailers are slowly, they always come, yes. you know, late onto the, the bandwagon. <laughs> exactly. Yes, yes. Um, they, they, I think they're slowly realizing the big market of um, Islamic and modest wear. And this is why our our designers in our smaller entities have yes. made such a great, such great business and, um, you know, in this smaller sort of productivity. Uh, because they cater towards the Muslim woman or it's the conservative true. woman. Yes. And this is why when it comes to customizing and um, these little, you know, garage <laughs> or house shops yes. Uh, yes. where we can find something that is uh, sort of sometimes exclusive because they, they don't make mass, they don't mass produce. So, you know, you're not going to see it in retail. Definitely. But buy something in retail, 110 other people are wearing the same thing. Exactly. And and you are guaranteed <coughs> that the, the garment was produced in South Africa yes. and you're giving back to the economy and we're also supporting our fellow brothers and sisters back to i wear south africa i wear local hashtag i made your clothes hashtag support local (laughs) definitely and uh, last year i did a wonderful show um that was a collaboration of sisters in hijab and little big event planners and i really have to commend the work that they're doing uh it's called sisters in support i'm actually wearing one of sisters in hijab scarves now i love fighting my scarves and i always go back to her when i need something to spice up up an outfit and uh, of course I'm wearing my own clothes. I see so. We will, we will place that on the Instagram <laughs> so people can see. Yes and she has also uh, been very instrumental in promoting local designers. Um, what we, I think what we need to do as women is, is really embrace that and mm-hmm. support one another as sisters and the funny thing is that it's not just Muslim women who see that mm-hmm. glow in the end. It's, it's women of all walks of life. Um, I was very touched to take part in some of the cancer um, events which uh, lately showcase cancer survivors wearing my clothes on the catwalk and it was so touching to see that the way the uh, women who overcome this disease have just got this new outlook on life but seeing how they dress it's like something that they put on just makes them feel better Mm -hmm. so it really is what you wear makes you feel good good. you feel good you do definitely (laughs) that's sort of getting at becoming a bit tongue-tied here (laughs) and um they and and it's wonderful because now modesty has become such a big buzz throughout the world you know muslim bloggers are taking the forefront in Mm -hmm. the fashion industry they've got front row seats at london paris uh, new york fashion Mm -hmm. week um at home here as well uh, we see a lot of modest dresses modest bloggers popping up and, and even our local designers who uh, who uh, have a runway show have included one or two pieces of modest wear if yes noticed. and you can see that the new trends coming in now for winter evens is this a bend towards that 70s conservative dressing high neck turtleneck uh, collars bowl sleeves that uh, sort of grace the wrist um, longer length pants I mean longer length skirts maxi skirts and your palazzo pants that's making a comeback people are moving away from tights and skinny mm-hmm. jeans mm-hmm. and uh, with the whole silhouette of the woman's shape is on show and peasant tops which are very really loose yes. free flowing and uh, in beautifully feminine soft fabric so it's, it's really wonderful to see how hijab is becoming sort of mainstream fashion now brilliant and then uh, moving from 
uh, fashion, you also offer a third component to acclivity. Yes, and that's my art on uh, commission. Uh, what I do with that is uh, I've started incorporating uh, Arabic calligraphy into my abstract work. And I would also sit with the client to, to discuss what the favorite colors are, the mood they wish to evoke. Um, we would do a painting that, for example, has Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sort of gracing it in the most um, enlightening way that I can put it across and without uh, disregarding the client's um, wishes and wants. So, for example, everyone has a personal relationship with the Almighty. And for someone, they might want to, re well, they might see Allah as uh, all encompassing. Someone might see Allah as within them and in all the beauty of the environment, the nature, the the sky, the mountains. So we try and bring that across on the painting as well. Beautiful. Let's talk more about how you incorporate, um, how, you know, the art and what people, who people are um, after the break. Styled as a graceful woman on her throne, empowering lives to be filled with pride, hope, love, beauty, nourishment, soul and faith. This is Cover Mode. Thanks for staying with us here on Cover Mode. I'm your host, Rashan Isaacs, and we still have Aisha Kamali Ismail of Acclivity Here in we studio. Go, well yes, yes, yes. See, I'm saying it so many times that it's rolling <laughs> off my tongue. <laughs> of Acclivity. And um, we were talking about the art that you art for commission. Yes, art for commission. And I do do exhibitions. I've exhibited my work at galleries in Joburg and in Cape Town, the Zico Museum being one of them. And just and so that we're, we're clear, she yes. does the art herself yes right you do it yourself yes. you, you create the art yourself oh yeah. no definitely i'm very hands-on <laughs> across the board i think um i just love doing things with my hand I, I tend to call myself a designer maker these days because <laughs> i design i sketch i photograph and then i go into the procedure like i'll get out that jigsaw and i will wield it and turn it into a table and i love how yes. during the break you explained how you present a piece of artwork that you're making for someone so what is the process so yes so to cut a long story short um i would meet with the potential clients and they would explain to me what it is that they'd like and i would throw some ideas around we would narrow it down and at the end of the consultation we both have a good idea of what it is that the end product needs to be and then um, using Photoshop and other design programs I would manipulate an image onto a picture of the lounge or bedroom or kitchen or whatever the place may be using two different kinds of images I would paint by hand photograph it and then Photoshop it into the image so it would project 3d rendering mm -hmm. a 3d rendering is what the painting or the lounge would look like before we go ahead so you can tell me before the time I like that blue in there but maybe can we add a little bit more cream I'm a bit oh, worried about wow. this so so we can make little subtle adjustments as we go along and um, before your uh, lounge or your painting is complete you have an idea of what you're going to be getting as an end product which is quite exciting. That is exciting, really hands-on, and that is what a, a client would want. Yes. I mean, it's, it's going to be in my house, and I don't want to wait until the end product, and then I'm yes. not happy with and it. And also, if you tend to think more linearly, it's hard to picture what something yes. might be. Yes. And I like to explain it to people so that they get the best understanding, because I'm not just going to waste your time and have something, and in the end you say, but well, this is not what I wanted. So we have a good understanding, and... 
I try to use lots of color, um, making mood boards, color boards, showing them uh, to the best of my ability what they would be ending up with. And the result is that instead of just looking at a picture of what you were going to get, you're now feeling the space and, and it's, it's a really wonderful feeling Aww. when they enjoy it. And I see you enjoy the, the whole process of it too. I do. And um, lately I've added a sort of wardrobe image color consulting to the reflector as well. It's, it's come a long way since my days at art school. Um, we, we were taught the color wheel and we learned the whole complete sciences behind the color wheel, which colors complement each other, which colors complement one's skin tone, one's uh, space. For example, a small space looks better with lighter colors because it makes a space feel bigger and mm -hmm. a big space you can get away with a lot more things seeing as it's a bigger room but you need to have a focus in there mm -hmm. and that's what I can help bring to the table and in terms of one's dressing when it comes to women um, especially uh, young women it's difficult when you want to be modest yet stylish at the same time you don't just want to throw in an abaya every time you go out so what I do is I could come in and say don't get rid of anything in your closet just yet. Let's go through it quickly. Um, let's have a look at your favorite pieces. Pull them out for me. Um, okay, so you have this skin tone. Let's see what works best with your color. Um, let's toss out what doesn't work for you, what doesn't uh, sort of embrace who you want to be. Mm -hmm. I always believe that one should dress for the part that they yes. hope to have in mm -hmm. life. So if you feel like you want to be the CEO of the board one day, you know, we'll get that power suit out for you, we'll, the high heels, and we'll wear a nice long tunic top underneath because layering is key and we still want to look modest and Islamic at the same time. If you want to be a feminine floaty goddess, we'll put you in a nice <laughs> empire, nice uh, dress. But if you have children, you need to be practical as well. And being a new mom, I've learned that uh, you can't be too fussy with the details, but you still want to make a statement. Mm -hmm. So I've been helping new moms um, a lot with adjusting wardrobe um, you know you've got a different figure now you just picked up so much weight the breastfeeding is getting to you and you want to look clean and together I mean a lot of us need to look good um, and actually we want to look good because we are ambassadors of Islam and mm -hmm. when we go out there we are putting our religion first and foremost but at the same time at home we want to look good for our husbands and it doesn't have to cost you an omelette it doesn't have to take whole day either you can just throw on a nice tunic top um, a nice pair of slacks and what I'm doing now is working on a, a capsule collection that will enable that ease of wear to take you from lounging around at home to shopping at the mall to a fabulous wedding <laughs> at some hotel. So I've been uh, consulting and, and doing that and it's, it's lovely because you really see women coming out of their shell and um, how colors just, again, my favorite topic, uh, <laughs> just makes them come alive. And it, it, it sort of, I think it kind of makes, adds that spark in the mm -hmm. relationship as well because they realize that even though I've just become a new mother now and I've been married for a number of years, I can still feel good about mm -hmm. myself. And uh, it's this little clear well, And I guess that that's what a lot of women yes. lack. They need that self-assurance. Yes. Um, yes, for themselves they uh, do. And, yes. and you know you sound like a really and I'm sure that I, I, you know the people that, that are listening to you are feeling the same way is that you're the kind of person that hits the nail on the head in terms of really getting to know what combination of clothes, art, interior design mixes well or complements that person's um, lifestyle or personality or character um, along with everyone else around because when we're doing things it's not always for ourselves it's um, yes. it's also for the people that we 
that we embrace around us. Definitely. And if we look the part and we feel good about ourselves, we are more capable as mothers, as women, as sisters, as daughters, cousins, friends, to go out there and help more and be more involved and loving and to receive that love in return. And I think that um, with um, acclivity, I'm trying to encourage a lifestyle that's easy, that's affordable, and that's, that's quality. But it's, it's, it's not difficult to achieve at all. So I, I, I love speaking to people from all backgrounds with all sorts of budgets because I, for one, know that um, upcycling and recycling and using what you have is just the best way to go about um, creating a new look. So it's not necessarily to say that you need a lot of money to have a wardrobe makeover or an interior makeover because a lot of the time I use what's already there and your pieces that are paired together, whether it be your furniture or your fashion, I place it in a way that, that, that is new to you, that might be new to others. So no one will actually know the difference between whether your garment was 10 years old or you just got it last week. Okay, Aisha, you know, you, you, it was a beautiful and wonderful having you in the studio. We have to unfortunately close, and I know there's so much more you can share with us. I'd like to just point out what you just said now. If you as a woman take care of yourself, you can help more, you can be more, you can give and receive love in return. Mm-hmm. Thank you to... For, for coming to the studio. That was Aisha Kamali of Acclivity. Thank you for enlightening us on architecture and fashion and art. Shukran so much. And I just, if I could just put it in there, if you would allow me. Quick, uh, quick. Everyone can follow me on Instagram. It's mm. at Acclivity. Or follow my Facebook page and you'll find all my other details there. Brilliant. A-K-L-I-V-I-T-I. We also post it on the Facebook site so you know where to find her. We wish her the very best in her ventures. Shukran Aisha. From me, Rishan Isaacs. Assalamu alaikum.